0: Castiano does and the Phillies have the National League Championship. They have beaten the Padres four to three, and they celebrate on their home turf as the Phillies are the
1: 2022 NL champs. From WHYY and Billy Penn, this is your Monday edition of Hitten Season. Philadelphia Phillies podcast. My name is Justin Clue. I write for Baseball Prospectus and Billy Penn. With me is Liz Rocher of Yahoo Sports. Hello, Liz. Hello, Justin. We are in the early stages of the offseason, and boy, The week began with quite a bit of activity, I think, uh, across (laughs) all of baseball. Yes, it did. A lot of of small things, you know, a lot of of little parts starting to move. I think you're starting to get a sense more of, maybe maybe just some hints about what people's motivations are, what direction teams might go in uh, based on, you know, the conversations at the end of the season saying, well, they could do this and they could do this. And obviously the Phillies have a couple of decisions to make of exactly that kind And we saw the wheels start moving, but before we get to anything else, I did want to follow up with something we talked about on Friday, Liz, which is the Arizona Fall League Home Run Derby, which I'm sure everyone's just waiting for the conclusion of, and uh, I regret to inform you that Phillies prospect Gabriel Rinconis Jr. did not win the AFL home run uh, derby. Uh, his two home runs plus one 452 uh, foot fly ball did not translate to the kind of power you needed to win this home run derby. It was won by a Twins prospect who hit 25 home runs. Rincones only hit 13. He was one one behind a cluster of guys who all hit like 14 and it had to there had to be a tiebreaker. There was all kinds of drama. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, but R- Rincones was not a part of that uh, and did not win. The AFL Home Run Derby title, unfortunately. So now that we've closed the loop on that, we can get to the news of the day. And uh, yeah, I'm lo- I'm looking forward to talking about this with you because this is all this all feels so high school here at the beginning. You know, I, I think it, the the general scope of things we're going to talk about here is it's a lot of whispers, it's a lot of rumors, it's a lot of did you hear this, and it all just feels very very dramatic. Uh, I don't know is that is that how you view this part of the off season?
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's nothing but, like, rumor and innuendo until, like, everything happens, like, all at once in a cluster, and then it's we're all back to, like, rumors and innuendos for, like, three weeks.
1: And yet, here we are in the hallway outside of band practice, just waiting to be handed a note with the most recent updates, and they're here!
0: <laughs> literally happened to me in my actual life <laughs> as the Bandiest band nerd and the chorus decorus nerd. I was constantly waiting for notes outside of outside of the music room.
1: For me it would have been the football locker room, but I am not being updated on any of the cool gossip that's going around. I'm just kind of standing nearby trying to eavesdrop and and pick up on what the cool kids are doing, but I am I am not succeeding in doing that. But now we're adults and we talk about baseball news and we don't have to worry about social hierarchies like that. We're as cool as it gets here on a baseball podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean uh, let me tell you something when people come up to us at our events and are like excited to meet me I'm like why
1: Yeah you have to stop doing that you have to, you see, listen, you have to I'm
0: <laughs> like you've listened to the podcast We're not why what? do you I mean I, not to criticize any of your taste you have you all have excellent taste but seriously you listen to the podcast yeah. why do you want to meet this mess
1: It takes a lot it takes a lot sometimes, but when, your your general reaction being, why, when someone says, oh, I really enjoy your program, is, you know, you, you got to learn to just suppress that instinct and just, <laughs> no. just, just say, thank you so much. Wow, that means a lot.
0: <laughs> we do a good product. I'm not saying we don't. It's mostly a reflection on me.
1: <laughs> uh, well, speaking of cool news, Aaron Nolo was extended a qualifying offer by the Philadelphia Phillies. Today, if he chooses to accept, it is a one-year, $20.1 million deal for 2024. If he declines, the Phillies will get a draft pick at the end of the fourth round. Uh, Before we get to what national experts believe the decision will be uh, in this particular case, Liz, I mean, as far as qualifying offers going out, they went out all across baseball, and there's a lot of guys who get the qualifying offer and it's generally accepted yeah this is just a formality this is just part of the process he's obviously not going to accept this uh what do you feel like is is nola one of those guys is, is it uh you know without the phillies and nola coming to an agreement and rumored to be so far apart before the season started uh do you feel like he's a guy who's automatic you can pretty much think of him as a guy who's not going to accept this qualifying offer
0: Uh, No, he'd be stupid to do that. It would be insane if he did. It would be, (laughs) it would be insane. It would be absolutely insane Uh, because, I mean, they only do that. I mean, I always remember back when the Phillies extended a qualifying offer to, I think it was Jeremy Hellickson, not thinking that he would take it, forgetting perhaps that he had not made in his entire career to that point half of what he would make after taking the qualifying offer. Um, for me, that's kind of like a button on the Clintac era. But thinking now, I think the Phillies are a bit more strategic in how they give out qualifying offers. Because they know that if they don't sign Nola, they want something for it. Because if they don't sign him, it means there's there's been kind of a breakdown, I would say. A, a rather large failure of some kind. And I think they just want they want something. and Because they know he's not going to take it. He's not going to take it. No, no.
1: Yeah. So what you're saying is the Phillies now, you know, they have a little huddle before every one of these offers and they're just like, all right, now you're sure he is not going to take this, right? Because we don't want another Helixon situation developing. Yes, I'm I'm assuming (laughs) that they
0: call it... It's the Helixon alert and they press a big red button and then the siren goes off and that's how they all know that it's time to have conversations about qualifying offers. That big red button is next to the blue and purple and orange buttons, which are all connected to different lighted alarms that signal conversations of different types happening.
1: A quick sidebar here, you did mention the name Matt Klintak and I wanted to say there was some Matt Klintak news today oh
0: how did I not know that
1: announced uh, around noon today uh, a, a series of organization organizational shifts in the Milwaukee Brewers organization has uh, resulted in Matt Clinck being promoted to executive advisor to the general manager <laughs> according to Adam McCulvey of MLb.com that means he will be the uh, the grimma worm tongue of the Brewers. <laughs> it's got to it be it you know <laughs> or he was he will just be you know uh, uh conniving in uh in the brewer's gm's ear just saying yes good master gross, excellent choice i would say a
0: gross ugly troll you know standing right next to him slightly behind looking up at all times whispering <laughs> whispering you know Rubbing his hands together, that type of thing.
1: Manipulating, always like you know, moving chess pieces around. You know, that's that's generally how I view the job of executive advisor to the GM, which is a job because I've definitely heard of before today. It's a made-up <laughs> job. That's just
0: a made-up title. I can't imagine Matt Clenteck will be doing any more or less. I mean, and if he's doing more... It, I'd be, no, this is a made up. He's not doing anything different. He's, this is a made up job title that they're creating simply to add another layer of whatever. Another layer of bureaucracy so they could just give him more money.
1: The man's got a quarter zip fleece with a Milwaukee Brewers logo on it. That's really the extent of all his All you need job. to know. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's basically all you need. Now, circling back to Aaron Nola, the news we actually want to hear. Uh, it was Bob Nightingale famed stalwart of the national baseball journalism (laughs) scene said that there's belief in league circles that Aaron Nola will depart in free agency while president of baseball operations Dave Dombrowski and the Phillies will end up pivoting to Blake Snell to replace him. Buster Olney wrote that he felt John Middleton has demonstrated he'll go above and beyond the Phillies family according to ESPN.com and Nola is family. Uh, However, knowing that Zach Wheeler will be a free agent after next season will also nudge the Phillies' offer to Nola. And Olney says, I don't think he's worth more to any team than he is to the team that drafted him. I don't think the offers in free agency will be as robust as maybe some expect. And in the end, the Phillies will pay him well to stay home. Differing opinion from another national writer. So Liz, between Buster Olney and Bob Nightingale... Who's the big, fat liar?
0: (laughs) Who's the big, fat liar? Um, I really dislike both of them strongly, (laughs) and so... (laughs) Well, I, this is more I, that has nothing to do with. Yeah, this, this I just more want to about state. the player
1: in question, not our personal opinions of these two national writers. Which I think, yes, I, I think we're both in a, in agreement. But yeah, uh, as in, in regards to <laughs> Nola and having literally a name out there, a high profile name uh, who the Phillies will reportedly target, should Nola not be re-signed by the team? I mean, that's that's kind of a huge development, but. Yeah, let's let's just start with uh with with the beginning of this. So, Nola said to be probably departing by Nightingale, but Buster only feels now the Phillies are going to pony up for him. So, who who what who do you feel is right?
0: All right. For the record, Bob Nightingale is seldom correct. That's just a fact. That's just
1: proper context. That's just yeah, you got to say. That is that is
0: uh, that's really nothing uh, from all accounts he is a nice man, but as a reporter he what whoever he uses as his sources are not always saying the stuff that happens. Uh and so I also want to note that saying someone quote departs in free agency, no one you don't depart in free agency until you've signed a I mean, you depart in free agency by simply becoming a free agent. Well, I like so I like that not, phrasing
1: though, because it makes it seem like the Phillies just woke up one morning and, like, the back door of the locker room was open, like, kind of, like, oh, the, <laughs> the, wi- the wind out. is just, like, bl- like making it bang against the door frame. And Aaron Nola's <laughs> locker is totally cleaned out except for a few candy wrappers. And they just have to be like, oh, he's gone. He departed in free agency.
0: <laughs> like an angel. <laughs> <that> swings. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Like, saying someone departs in free agency is just simply saying he's going to become a free agent without first signing a contract with the Phillies. So both can be true. Interesting. I mean, exactly. Both can be true and both probably are true. If something goes wildly awry, they will almost certainly target Blake Snell because that makes too much sense. Because if Aaron Nola is not there, you need someone to fill his spot. That's really just common sense.
1: Uh, I could have done that rumor,
0: <laughs> quote unquote. I could have written that with the information I have here at this moment, without anything else.
1: Well, um, let's start that rumor right now. People are yeah. saying that that's that's going to be the case. Uh, you heard it, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, people are saying, who knows what people? No idea. Even Buster Olney said uh, uh, the offers in free agency may not be as robust as maybe some expect. Who is who is some in that in that? <laughs> Quote, you know, you never you never know. Could just be, I'm gonna say,
0: some is probably Nola and his agent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, leading up to this, my assumption has been that the Phillies would bring back Aaron Nola, it, it has, and maybe that's just because it, it all he's ever been is a Philly, so that's just kind of like he's locked in my head is like, yeah, you know, he's definitely, definitely had some struggles and had some really frustrating games, but. That's nothing people don't know around Philadelphia. Uh, However, I also honestly haven't seen a lot of people saying, "I definitely don't want him back. Get rid of him." No, no, no. Like at this point, which is a little surprising. I'm sure they're out there. I'm just saying, I have not. I have not seen that chorus singing as loudly at this point in time, which is the point in time that Aaron Nola actually may not play for the Phillies anymore. Uh, But that being said, I do. I I seem to. I. I I was leaning towards Olney's uh, argument. Before it was Olney's argument, and uh, I I felt like the Phillies would be interested in bringing Nola back, but Dombrowski did seem, I don't have the quote in front of me, but the way he phrased prioritizing re-signing Aaron Nola, he was very willing to leave the door open that they wouldn't sign him and he said if, if we're not our priority is re-signing nola and if it's not re-signing nola then our priority is replacing nola so he was pretty clear that this is not a sure thing as anyone could have guessed because i believe the report is that they were what a hundred million dollars apart from each other when they tried to negotiate before the season started
0: something like that and that's just you know smart it, it you know you're not gonna I don't think there's ever a possibility of them getting a deal done because the season had not yet taken place. And so of course Aaron Nola is going to have an inflated an inflated value for his services and the Phillies are going to want less than that. Now when the rubber is meeting the road, they're going to get a deal done because as, as you said, he's valuable, more valuable to Philadelphia than any other team. He has a history here and Aaron Nola does not seem like the type of dude who digs a lot of change.
1: Yeah, I can see that. That's that's a good point too, but since we, you know, all we have are rumors and 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 whispers at this point, let me ask you this. What's the most likely scenario? That come opening day, the Phillies number 2 starter is Aaron Nola? That come opening day, the Phillies number 2 starter is Blake Snell? Or that come opening day, the Phillies number 2 starter is Blake Snell and their number 3 starter is Aaron Nola?
0: It's definitely not that one.
1: I think it might be. I think there's a non-zero chance. Hey, did you think there was a zero percent chance they would sign Schwarber and Castellanos? Because I did, and that, that's true. That happened. So that
0: is true. There is a non-zero chance. It does depend on what Snell will take, considering how anemic his his uh, hit the deal that he for some reason willingly took with the Rays was. It was it was pretty under market. So he's definitely going to be looking to get. Paid. I don't know who do you think gets more.
1: Snell, uh, I I, I think so. I do think Olney is right in that the payday for Nola waiting in free agency is not going to be as high as projected. Uh, I I for some reason that does seem to me like it's it's rung true. Everybody can see what we've seen. I mean, look, we we go back and forth on Nola. Everyone knows why. We did a whole episode just on Aaron Nola for a reason. He's perplexing. He is frustrating. He is infuriating. And he, and the worst part is he makes you feel like you're crazy because you know he's good. And then he comes up in a big game and he he blows it. He, he has like six, six great starts, six of his best starts of the season to both close out the regular season and go through the Phillies' deep playoff run. And then in the last one, the most important one, well... There was bad Nola again and
0: enormous fart noise. And
1: that was not what anybody wanted to see. But everybody saw it, not just us here in Philadelphia. Everybody across baseball can see that he is an up and down pitcher who is inconsistent, who struggles when runners get on base, who who unravels when things don't go his way, who took a long time to get comfortable with the pitch clock longer than anybody else. who had a velocity drop when this year started that was part of the plan, but also wasn't part of the plan, depending on who you were talking to about it. The guy has been mystifying in a lot of ways. He is, at his core, a great pitcher who is a guy that would be near the top of just about every rotation in baseball. So there's got to, There's going to be interest out there, but I don't think we're looking at a massive game-breaking payday for Aaron Nola.
0: Yes. <laughs> what else can I say? <laughs>
1: uh, and just to close the loop on that, uh, Nightingale wrote. Uh, John John Middleton wouldn't mind bringing Nola back, but they were four years and about a hundred million dollars apart in the, in their (laughs) negotiations last winter. And it's highly unlikely the gap will completely close. GMs believe that Nola, that the Phillies will let Nola walk and will turn their attention to Blake Snell. Who's about to win his second Cy Young award. Boy, I'm just thinking about a future in which Nola is somewhere. St. Louis, what have you, Atlanta, maybe yikes, what have you. Um, and Snell no, is here. What are you saying? Snell is here in Philadelphia. And uh wow, well, Philadelphia Hmm. Yeah. That's, no. That's, stop it. <laughs> that's, get out. That just get writes out. itself. Wow. You're no uh, get out. But my, my point being that uh, another group of fans will be very excited when Aaron, their team lands Aranola, should that be the way this goes, and then they will get to learn of the up and down nature of being a Aranola fan or a fan of the team Aranola is on, at least, and then we will get to adjust to Blake Snell if this scenario does come to fruition, who is somebody who I believe allows a ton of base runners, and then has to muscle his way out. And this year was very successful in doing that, which is why he will probably win his second Cy Young Award. But that doesn't make him a, a not frustrating pitcher. So maybe it's just a rule. Your number two pitcher has to be a guy who has been really good at times, but is in some way infuriating. <laughs> and I think that might just be a informal rule in baseball, and we'll just have to get used to that. Uh, I think so. But nothing's locked in yet, so all we have are these rumors and thoughts and national writers and anonymous executives to to rely on for our baseball news. Uh, As far as the other guy, who's a big old question mark for the Phillies this winter, the Phillies did not extend a qualifying offer to Reese Hoskins, nor did they extend one to Michael Lorenzen or Craig Kimbrell. Those were not surprises. Uh, As far as Hoskins goes, I don't know. Is that a surprise to you that he did not get a qualifying offer from the Phillies?
0: initially i was surprised but after thinking about it for a moment or two uh it made sense to me um because the qualifying offer is worth what now like 20 million
1: that was yeah yes that is about what nola was offered
0: yeah they're absolutely not going to pay reese hoskins that much i don't think they were going to pay him that much even i mean maybe if he hadn't been injured possibly but yeah, they're not paying him that much money per year. They're they're just not going to do it. They they're going to they'll have much better luck, and I think pay him more around what he's probably worth to the team overall uh, if they sign him again. Which I think they'll do. I think they definitely. I, I really feel like they'll do that. Them not I mean, if you're offering him a qualifying say... offer feels very ominous, but it's you know.
1: If you're going to sit there and say, Aaron, there's no team to whom Aaron Nola is more valuable to than his current team. That has to be even more true for Reese Hoskins, right? Like that, this is a guy whose, whose role with the Phillies has been uh, uh, talked about by his teammates, uh, by his coaches, more so than than Nola, who also is valuable. But, but uh, I think Hoskins has taken on a more comprehensive role. And I, I don't, you know, that's obviously not going to play into any kind of deal he gets anywhere else. Like, yeah, they'll look at him and be like, oh, this is a guy who's got a great attitude. He's this natural leader. He's always backing his teammates up. But, you know, they don't have that experience. They don't have the, the bonds that uh, the Phillies organization made with Reese Hoskins. Now, I'm not trying to get too corny or sentimental here. I'm just saying if you're going to make the argument that NOLA is no is valuable is not more valuable to any organization other than the Phillies, then Hoskins got to fall into that same camp. Uh, I know you think uh, that the Phillies will probably bring him back. I kind of landed there too, where it was like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what else makes sense here. Really, the thing that is going to throw this all out of alignment is if Bryce Harper decides he wants to play first base now, which... You know, feels uh, kind of strange that that would wind up being the reason why Hoskins isn't given a one- year deal because he's he, even without the qualifying offer, he could still obviously be offered a cheap one-year deal with the Phillies, which is kind of what I imagined. a sort of show me deal of like, okay, where what is your status after spending this entire year pretty banged up and trying to recover from a non-contact injury suffered in spring training? like let's see, let's see where you're at. And then after that one year, you know, maybe some other team is willing to offer him a bunch of money. The Phillies aren't, but all we all we have right now is the present. And I felt like the Phillies would want to bring Hoskins back on a one-year deal. John Stolness, our colleague, uh, did not feel that way. He, 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 he considers himself in the minority as, as someone who did not think the Phillies would really bring Reese Hoskins back. Um, do you feel like there's uh, still a pretty good chance he signs a cheaper one-year deal with the Phillies this year and, and then they make a qualifying offer next year?
0: Yeah, that's definitely, I think, the way they'll go. If they could make a – qual if he's worth the qualifying offer next year, they'll definitely do it, you know, unless they think they could get him on, like, a, a, unless they want him on a deal that will give him a little bit more security at, a, you know, lower dollars per year. You know, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. There's no reason not to sign him. I think it would be a, a big a big kick in the pants to the team if they chose not to bring him back.
1: yeah. And for a team that relied so much on its vibes, you know that's that's also something that uh, uh, that that would be impacted by the absence of Reese Hoskins. They they missed him enough this year, when he even you know was in the dugouts for home series and when he could be, he was with the team. So and, and and as far as like free agency goes, there are options out there to replace Reese Hoskins, uh, and we'll, we'll get to those in a minute. But as far are are they that above and beyond Reese Hoskins, even recovering that uh, it's worth giving him up and how does this impact other roster aspects uh, of the Phillies? Like let's say Harper. Okay. They bring Hoskins back. Harper has said he, he assumes he's going back to the outfield at some point. We at least know he can play first base if the Phillies need him to, or if the matchups dictate it's the wise move and, and that, that would then impact other people in the outfield like Kyle Schwarber. So uh, if, if Harper is going back and forth between first base and the outfield, and DHing next year, uh, what does that mean for Schwarber? Because I've imagined him like ideally the Phillies want him DHing. They they want him off the field, out of left field. They want to be able to put guys like Rojas or Pache or Marsh out there uh they want to be able to obviously play Castellanos and Harper every day so you know you're running out of space for the guys you have and Schwarber is just kind of a born DH so I, I what what does that mean for Kyle Schwarber in
0: 2024 um there's I don't think they want to put him anywhere other than DH I can't imagine him playing like I can imagine him playing in the field but I don't think he wants to he never looks like he really wants to be out there all that much. So, uh, whatever happens next year, I think I think Schwarber is only signed through next year, which is something. Are we to there keep already in mind. with
1: Schwarber? Oh man, we
0: might be. Yeah, I mean, he. I think he was only signed to a two-year deal. Would have been last year and this year in uh, twenty-four.
1: I thought his deal was for four years.
0: I think the Castellanos was for that long. I thought
1: Castellanos was five. If only there was something on the internet we could use. I'm to...
0: looking in. Kyle it Schwarber up.
1: has a four year deal through twenty twenty five. That is his current status. And Castellanos has a five year deal through twenty twenty six.
0: Okay. Alrighty. There we go. Three, twenty four, twenty five, yeah.
1: So that's yeah. With him being around that long, I mean, yeah, his future has always been DH. I, I don't know. I, I feel like if he's in the outfield and you have all these other guys, uh, some of which are younger, faster, more natural outfielders, then yeah, I mean, the goal is for Schwarber to be able to concentrate on hitting the ball out of the ballpark, and that's what I, that's where I want his head. So yeah, I, I hope what yes. that means for Schwarber well, he is that he shouldn't he's be
0: thinking DH about anything else.
1: Head. Right. So, the Phillies also acquired a couple of pitchers today from the Rays, specifically. Uh, they traded for minor leaguer Michael Mercado for right-handed pitcher Adam Leveritt, Uh 479 ERA, Mercado has between double and triple A, struck out 95 in 95 and 62 innings, had 13.8 strikeouts per nine, which Whoa. is, uh... Whew.
0: Oh my goodness! Now this, I see why he's here.
1: Is this legal? Is that? Uh, I don't know. Is why are the rays giving him up? Is he wired to explode? Like I, he I, might be. It feels like a trap. Feels it like does. a trap. My, I'm seeing red flags everywhere. Uh, he There's did a
0: giant wooden horse at the front door. Should we let it in?
1: And hey, well, here it is. You open that horse up, and his 5.1 walks per nine comes spilling out. <laughs> So there is, well, yes. there, is. <laughs> there is the back end of that deal. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that's just a, another a minor deal the Phillies made. They also claimed left-handed pitcher Josh Fleming off waivers from Tampa Bay. He went two and zero with a 4.70 ERA and twelve appearances last season, striking out twenty five and walking nineteen in fifty one and two thirds innings. Lefties batted under two hundred against him, so that's pretty cool. Uh, but there, are the Phillies shoring up uh, a bit of a bit of pitching uh, from the Rays. Uh, Seven players across baseball received qualifying offers, uh, uh, just as Aaron Nola and, well, just as Aaron Nola did and Reese Hoskins did not. Uh, Shohei Otani, Cody Bellinger, Sonny Gray, Blake Snell, Josh Hader, and Matt Chapman. Um, Of course, as I said, Aaron Nola. They have until four o'clock Eastern time next Tuesday to decide whether they will accept the one-year, just about $20 million deal. Uh, Liz, would you accept a one-year $20 million deal right now?
0: Uh, yes. I would also do that. I would also do that. (laughs) Doesn't really matter to do what? It's only for a year.
1: (laughs) To do what? What what a crazy question.
0: 365 days. You could do anything for that long. (laughs) Do not make
1: suggestions. (laughs) Well, here we are. Free agency has officially begun. And if you were in charge of the Phillies roster, Liz, and you were thinking, you know what I need to do is improve this offense. uh, Who's out there? that you would be looking at. I can read some names if it'll help you out. Cody Bellinger. He hit 307 this year, um, with uh, 356 on base percentage, 525 slugging, 26 home runs, 97 RBI in 130 games. He did get a qualifying offer. Then you have Jorge Soler of the Marlins. He's 31 years old. He had 36 home runs this year. Uh, had a had a better year than he was projected to have. Certainly, uh, actually had one of the lower chase rates in baseball this season as well. Twenty five point six percent did not get a qualifying offer. Uh, a poor defender, great arm, only worth one and a half wins above replacement, even though his uh, even with his offensive stats. Then you have uh, Lourdes Gurriel. He's 30, 24 home runs while driving in 82 runs with a 772 OPS. Gurriel ranked in the top quarter of the league in hard hit percentage and strikeout percentage, while his defensive metrics were solid, which you're just not used to seeing when it's like, oh, this guy hits home runs, this guy drives in runs, this guy's got a solid OPS. Turns out he doesn't have any arms. Just nobody <laughs> nobody noticed. No arms whatsoever. He's swinging (laughs) that bat with his teeth. And when it comes to fielding it, well, he's pretty good at looking at the ball as it goes by. Uh,
0: Weird how no one noticed till now.
1: But yeah, his defensive metrics are solid. He did not get a qualifying offer. Teoscar Hernandez, 31. Bad defense. Power came back, though. 26 home runs and 93 RBI over 160 games this past year. He has. (laughs) yes wait i have more (laughs) oh do you let's hear more (laughs) he's hit at least 25 home runs in each of his past four seasons and carries an ops in his career of 802 did not get a qualifying offer then you got the junk drawer Uh, you got your adam (laughs) duvall's your randall creechicks your michael confortos though michael conforto didn't he he agree to a deal with the giants uh i felt something something happened there uh and then jock peterson as well uh so of the guys i'm reading off to you did any of them sound like they weren't already on the Phillies? All bat, <laughs> No, D? Do we want more of these guys in the lineup? Or My should we God, no. Attempt some kind of balance? or who, 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 What positions are we looking to fill here? Anyway.
0: I mean, I'll say this. Who did you? One guy had solid defense. Who was, who was that again?
1: Uh, that was Guriel.
0: Guriel, yes, uh, he's fine. Let's do him. If if this if if these are options, that might be the only that's the only one I would want them going after. Really, because they do need uh, if he has solid defense. <laughs> That is, that's what I'm looking at.
1: Hey, the Phillies made it to the world, made it to the two straight NLCS with a team that supposedly didn't have any defense. And I think you're looking right past Cody Bellinger. Uh,
0: oh, I completely forgot Cody Bellinger was on this list. If only because he was with the Cubs this past year, right? Let's yes. Let's have a look. Yes. See, we're about to talk about the Cubs in a few minutes. And <laughs> my thinking here is... Is with the guy they just hired for the amount of money they just hired him for. Again, stay tuned. Um, If they don't re-sign him, what are they doing? Like, I think Cody Bellinger would be great. I don't know where he'd play. First base. Why, though? (laughs)
1: Well, we have
0: like five of those guys. I
1: mean, you just, yeah, we say that, but half of them aren't really first basemen. And if you're assuming Hoskins is gone and Harper wants to play in the outfield or you want to at least keep him available to play in the outfield or DH when, you know, reality dictates that, uh, then you need somebody to be your first baseman overall and Bellinger, can do that he is i think maybe the only guy on that list who is a natural first baseman
0: uh yeah i actually thought of him first as an outfielder which i don't know if that's right at all he does both Uh, but i i just yeah no he does remember him yeah god it was with the dodgers i don't know why i get him and Corey seager mixed up all the time but he was also a dodgers guy who am i thinking of maybe it's chris bryant who hasn't been on the cubs in years (laughs) All of these guys look the same, by the
1: way. Well, I mean, we were talking about Bellinger at the trade deadline. I remember uh, our friend Chris Jones was very interested in signing Cody Bellinger, and he just kind of fit the Phillies vibe, and uh, he seemed like he was available. But when the Cubs started making some noise in the wild card, they pulled everybody off the trade market. And now, you know, here we are again. Uh, Bellinger he's got good numbers and he's, he could potentially fill a role. The Phillies might have open, but uh yeah, as far as improving the offense, I think the trick here is that as we said, when the Phillies lost in the NLCS, it didn't feel like they lost because there was this big missing piece. Sure. There were areas where they could improve like center field offense. Dave Dombrowski even brought that up uh, when he was talking about Johan Rojas, like that position, not really offering any kind of offense did hurt the Phillies. Uh, just hitting with runners and scoring position. Maybe a guy whose numbers dictate he's very good in that particular situation. The Phillies struggled there as well throughout the playoffs. But as far as like that one big fix, that one big hold of fill, that's not what this team's problem was. Their problem was they had it and they blew it. And I don't know if there's a guy in free agency who can solve that problem for you after you just ran out of gas two years in a row, especially with running out of gas specifically being applied to the pitching staff in some cases
0: yeah, like they there wasn't a big piece missing like the only thing missing was a switch that you could flip to on that would fix everything like that's that's what was missing because there wasn't anything like the pitching had been doing fine until they weren't. the offense had been hitting until they stopped. you know that's baseball. You know, Cody Bellinger is great, and I think he would fit the Phillies. And if there's a world in which the Phillies do not have Reese Hoskins at first base, but also don't have Bryce a, a Bryce Harper that's willing to play first, if that, if that situation should somehow come to pass, Cody Bellinger would be a great fit. If the Cubs haven't wised up and re-signed him,
1: Well, we'll see what happens on that front as well. Phillies have some decisions to make in the months ahead, and we're starting to see the beginning of those decisions uh, just root themselves, I suppose. Uh, As far as other things in baseball, the award finalists were announced, so we get to hear that debate until the actual winners announced. Now, the winners have already been chosen, but this is just baseball stirring up drama and giving us the three top vote-getters so that we can wonder which of the three it is. Um, not, not, I don't think there's any Phillies <laughs> to no. discuss here, but the National League Most Valuable Player Award will go to either Ronald Acuna of the Braves, Mookie Betts of the Dodgers, or Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers. Yawn. Uh, the American League Most Valuable Player Award will go to Shohei Otani. I mean, do I have to read the other two names? It's probably no. going to be Otani. But Corey Seager and Marcus Semien, World Series champions with the Rangers, are also candidates to win that award. Uh, National League Cy Young Award, Zach Gallen of the D-backs. Two-time loser in the NLCS, Zach Gallen of the D-backs, is up for the <laughs> National League Cy Young Award. Uh, Blake Snell, according to Bob Nightingale, a future Philly, but currently with the Padres, is also up for the NL Cy Young, as well as Logan Webb of the Giants. Interesting. American League Cy Young Award, Garrett Cole of the Yankees, Kevin Galsman of the Blue Jays, Sonny Gray of the Twins, NL Jackie Robinson, Rookie of the Year Award, could go to Corbin Carroll of the Diamondbacks, James Altman of the Dodgers, and Cody Senga of the Mets. AL, Rookie of the Year Award, Tanner Bibby of the Guardians, Tristan Cassis of the Red Sox, and Gunnar Henderson of the Orioles are all up for that award. National League Manager of the Year. Craig Council of the Brewers, remember that name, Skip Schumacher of the Marlins, <laughs> and Brian Snitker of the Braves, all up for Manager of the Year award. Again, the, t- the, the manager of the team that got to its second straight NLCS, not up for Manager of the Year, but the manager of the team that blew it in the NLDS. Up for manager of the year. Interesting.
0: Really weird, huh?
1: Actually, both the teams the Phillies beat in the playoffs have their managers up for manager of the year award. Interesting. Uh, And the American League manager of the year award will be between Bruce Bochy of the Rangers, Kevin Cash of the Rays, and Brandon Hyde of the Orioles. So, any particular award of interest to you with all those names, Liz?
0: Uh, no. (laughs) I'm being honest, I mean, unless the Phillies are involved, it doesn't really interest me all that much because it's pretty obvious it was going to win everything this year right
1: yeah honestly there's a there's at least like three or four of these that i feel like are pretty obvious Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean we've been talking about most of these guys like all year long as like everyone has been saying otani is the mvp all year long uh that's pretty much it. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I will be very surprised if either of those Rangers win the MVP award. Not that, you know, they wouldn't be uh it wouldn't it would wouldn't be crazy if either of them won, but well, if if Otani didn't exist, it wouldn't be crazy if either of them won. But the fact that he <laughs> exists kind of knocks them out of the running. So
0: just a bit.
1: Yeah. Uh elsewhere, the Mets hired Carlos Mendoza as their new manager. Okay. Uh, Craig Council. We'll, we'll get back to that. <laughs> <laughs> now I mentioned Craig Council earlier, and what a fun day for Craig Council. When I said high school, that this all feels very high school, this was specifically the story I was referring to because I'm going to let you break this down for us. You covered this for Yahoo Sports today, uh, but I just wanted to say that the idea, the, the concept of a manager who is currently with a team choosing to leave that team and go to another one Still feels pretty new to me. I'm not saying it it didn't happen before Bob Melvin went from the A's to the Padres a couple years ago. But when that happened, I remember thinking, wow, what a huge slap in the face. And now here was Craig Council doing the same thing today and still feels like a slap in the face to me. Uh, But I'll I'll let Liz break it down uh, how exactly Craig Council left the Brewers today.
0: Okay, so this all started today around let's say like early afternoon news broke that the uh Guardians the Cleveland Guardians had hired Stephen Vote to replace um uh Terry Francona as their new manager cuz Francona had retired uh and that was interesting because Council had been sort of on the list i think for the Guardians uh and then news broke now it, there had been reports that council was going to make his decision uh in the next day or so uh, and so everyone had an eye out for that it's either going to be brewers or mets those are the two options that were presented to us and have been since before the season ended because uh the mets have hired a former brewers gm or baseball ops president david stearns to be their new head baseball dude uh so at one o'clock, news broke that the Mets had, in fact, hired a new manager. As Justin said, his name was. Uh, I should know. I wrote it. Is it Carlos Mendoza?
1: Carlos Mendoza. Carlos yes.
0: Mendoza. Thank you. A forty-three-year-old who looks like he's forty-six or maybe fifty-six. Sometime in the nineteen twenties, <laughs> he looks like a like a nineteen twenties movie guy with like very round features, uh, like a gangster. Uh, he has been hired. He was he's been the uh, Yankees uh, bench coach for the past four years. Uh, this was notable because this guy was definitely not Craig Council. Uh, yes, he's a guy I feel that like most that's people uh, have a large not reason.
1: Heard of. It's a large reason why he was hired was because Craig Council was not. <laughs> In fact, yeah, the only reason <laughs> you might say
0: so that sort of was the indication that a bunch of stuff was about to happen uh and it was all going to be weird because the the mets have a lot of money and didn't seem like they were going to uh screw this up <laughs> though it seems like they have. um because right after that <laughs> news broke that council had in fact was not going to the brewers he had chosen a mystery third option a team that had an existing manager now this is when me and some of my colleagues at yahoo sports started spitballing about which teams it might be do you have any thoughts about what teams it could have been before you knew that it was in fact the chicago cubs
1: no, I was not uh, super following this story. I was playing catch-up later in the day, and it was—that it was that this gets characterized as a stunning twist. I wish I could have seen it in real time and reacted, because it does feel like a stunning twist. And when I say— It, it you was. Know, Melvin slapping you know, the, the A's in the face by going to San Diego, it really is just like, well— it's it's pretty tough to not see this as well i just don't want to be here anymore now granted council was with the brewers for nine years but he's a 1 and 8 in playoff games. He does have the I think best record in Brewers history as a manager, but I was reading Brewers owner Mark Adonazio's quotes from Adam McCalvey. <laughs> the, I cannot
0: wait to I cannot wait to read these
1: the uh, uh Brewers beat writer for mlb.com. Oh, oh he,
0: hold on. We should I should at least say right after the news broke about uh him going to a mystery third team, it broke that it was the Chicago Cubs who had uh, who had a former player and World Series, you know, uh, twenty sixteen World Series uh, spiritual leader uh, David Ross as their manager, and have for the past several years. Uh, I in no way did anyone at any point think that it would have been the Cubs. That my face, my face. I can't even, it was, my my mouth was just an O. My eyes were wider open than they have perhaps ever been. I'll tell ever. you what,
1: the Cubs got hot, what, in like late July, August, mm-hmm. and boy, that seems to have really impacted their plans. Not only, like I said, did they yank all their players off the trade market and tried to go for that wild card spot, but apparently they think we're ready for our real prestige manager for the next era of cubs baseball that people will actually want to watch and that's not what we hired david ross for we hired him to be a you know guy who who knows how to manage players and get along with players while we figure things out and now we think we're ready to compete so we're bringing in a guy who is revered across baseball despite like i said losing eight of his not last nine playoff games um yeah, I mean, as far as counsel goes, what he, again, reading Adonazio's quotes uh, about losing Craig counsel, he he told reporters all, uh, via Zoom, we're all here today because we lost Craig. But I've reflected on this. You know, Craig has lost us and he's lost our community. It's a really special place to be. Adonazio announced the rest of the Brewers coaching staff is returning in 2024. I wonder if that was true before or <laughs> not. Or if now so they're like, sad. you know what, we can't. I'm locking everybody up. The doors are locked. You can't leave Milwaukee. Everybody's staying. And Adonazio said on losing counsel to the, to the Cubs specifically, um, counsel told him what the deal was. And he said, when he first told me, I said, are you messing with me? Which <laughs> <laughs> is like, got to be devastating. And uh, Adonazio, according to McCalvey, said... Uh, He has already talked with players about what they would like to see in the next Brewers manager. We're going to look for a manager who who can continue having a terrific clubhouse culture and help us keep winning and hopefully get over the hump in the playoffs. So what he's saying is we're going to try to get Craig Council, but somebody else.
0: He'll have a different name and a different face. He'll be a different person, but he will beat Craig Council because that's what we're telling you.
1: Uh, He said that Brewers GM Matt Arnold has, quote, done a fair amount of background work on managerial candidates, which is hard to believe considering no one really (laughs) knew this was going to happen. He said he he did that in the event of this day coming, but... It just doesn't seem like, I don't know. It just seems like I mean an owner trying to convince people. No, don't worry. Everything is under control. It may look like chaos because our beloved manager just abandoned us for a division rival. But no, everything is fine. I've locked all the coaches in a closet. The GM <laughs> has a list of managers that he's been considering before we even knew any of this would happen. Relax. We're good.
0: To be fair the brewers apparently had an offer have had an offer out to council for at least a month that would have made him the highest paid manager in the game which he Mm. was not until the cubs hired him and are giving him eight million a year which is i think about two million more than anyone else is making in the game right now which is a lot uh it was definitely not as much as the brewers were willing to give him and since that offer had been out there for a while they had to They had to know that things weren't copacetic. They had to know.
1: Now, how do you view this process just on its own? Like a manager, any manager, just says before they're, you know, just says, "I'm, I'm leaving. I'm going to go manage another team. I am choosing to leave, and it's very surprising, and I'm going to go manage a different team, maybe even a team in the same division. I mean... There's no way that doesn't sting, right? Like, imagine Rob Thompson announcing today, I am actually, I have to go manage uh, the Guardians. I That's my job now. Bye. I mean, like, that's a huge off-season project that you didn't realize you were going to have to undertake. And, and as, as fans go, I mean, again, how do you not view that as a slap to, in the face?
0: This is, I mean, this is this is gonna be interesting I'm really looking forward to how this plays out because there's an organization of people who feel straight up betrayed and I don't have a good reason why they shouldn't
1: well like, they are they're Brewers fans so I can't imagine you know they're gonna be lively about it you know like they're, they're all filled with cheese presumably gonna be hurt but they're not going to be you know loud about it I guess
0: probably I mean we don't know they uh, this feels their own they're Their beloved manager, their hometown manager. Yeah, he's from
1: Wisconsin. I I love that detail.
0: Just left the team he's been with for nearly a decade and went to their rival secretly With, I mean, and apparently, like, Council today, like, six hours ago, not long after the news broke, he was then calling Brewers players to tell them, quote, so they heard the news from him, which, at this point, there was no way that they hadn't heard the news first.
1: I mean, this also like, means— this th- is huge.
0: I don't—Brewers fans are going to be loud. I—this I, is—this is a huge— betrayal like this is business and i get it and you know in theoretically i don't blame him for going where the money is but this is they he he did milwaukee dirty he really did
1: i mean maybe in a couple of years when managers skipping town like this is, is a little more normalized it'll feel more like business but I disagree. I don't think it's impossible for this not to be personal. Like, yeah. I, maybe in his mind, well, it's just business, which is totally fair. Yes, like you said, I'm going to go where the money is. Players do it all the time. Makes total sense. But players don't <laughs> kind of like, this is different than a player. A player doesn't really get to, well, they do get to pick where they go among like the available options. Uh, but it it just feels much more clandestine. It feels much more like, like this definitely means he was having secret calls with the Cubs about potentially taking this job. You know, like that that means he was thinking about taking it before he had it. And while he was still like managing the Brewers, while Brewers fans were thinking, yeah, our manager is Craig council and probably will be in the in the near future. I mean, how did he... let's let's cross the street for a second here. How did Eagles fans feel when it turned out their defensive coordinator was having secret conversations before the end of the Super Bowl? And that turned into a narrative of why the defense wasn't prepared in the second half of the Super Bowl, which led to why the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. And now that guy's coaching in Arizona. And,
0: and he <laughs> sucks and, and it's, it's freaking it's going,
1: hilarious. It's going real bad. but oh, uh,
0: <laughs> I, every, They got shut out, shut out this week. It was every time I watched them lose. It just fills me with glee.
1: But my point is that, yes, you can certainly say, well, guys, it's just business. But I think it'll be a while before something like this feels like business to the fans it's happening No,
0: to. And I i mean, you said you think this might be normalized. I don't see this happening again for a while. I really don't. Really? Th- oh, I hope it I does. <laughs> oh, I do, too. Oh, believe me, the drama is amazing but like I really don't think this is not something that MLB wants to encourage or condone, especially since uh, this is like the second time uh, in the last like three to four months that a team has visibly skirted minority hiding, hiring rules.
1: Oh, the too. White Sox
0: did it with their GM hire. You know, they, there's no, they didn't, you know, the Cubs didn't interview anybody. They they replaced their manager with a guy who looks like him, but stretched out longer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what it said on his resume. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, really, I mean, he's got more experience, but like, this is the big thing. Like the, the Cubs caught on fire uh, in the second half last year and they weren't able to sustain it through the end and they missed the playoffs. Um, I do I don't know what about that made them think that they're ready for this step, because to me it really looked like it was just some guys getting hot and not a big rebirth, like that that came from a rebuild. Because it looks to me like they got good, and you know Cubs ownership, because they're stupid, um, and I mean that sincerely, thought that they could skip a few steps and make it to the big time. And now I wonder are they actually going to are they actually going to make any moves? Are they going to give are they going to give Craig council actual free agents to play with? I mean, or is he just going to be stuck with what they have? Like that's really what's going to be fascinating about this because if they've brought in this big-time manager, they need to act like a big-time big market team, which is what they are. So If they're not going to give him, if they're not going to give him any guys, if they're not going to upgrade their roster, I'm going to be fascinated to see how quickly this unravels, at least from councils then, because how long will he want to stay if the Cubs refuse to give him any, any
1: players? Well, whatever they told him, it was enough to get him to jump ship from a job he's been comfortable in for almost 10 years. So I can't imagine they said, yeah, we want you to come here and manage this team and we're not going to do anything and you can just, you can just manage them. His daughters Uh, are
0: still in high school in Milwaukee, (laughs) I believe.
1: Oh, well, this is great. (laughs) This is, uh, yes, this, this has all the drama of a gosh, of a midwinter free agent frenzy. But here we are. Feels like very close to day one of the baseball offseason, and already high drama in the NL Central. Uh, it's it's nice to view this stuff. You know, obviously the Phillies had the uh, disappointing end of their season, but it's nice to view this stuff from afar rather than being at the center of it. I feel so much, so <laughs> just...
0: so much so. <laughs>
1: uh, hey, Gabe Kapler looking for a job. All right,
0: uh, he's already <laughs> been mentioned, by the way, as a possible bench coach for. Carlos Mendoza
1: Well, oh, uh, because
0: the Mets want someone with managerial experience to be their bench coach since they're new since their new manager is just a guy with no managerial experience
1: <laughs> oh god please they'd... hire him please hire Dave Kaplan in New York as, a, oh, as a bench
0: coach he has never been He's never not been a manager in a major league dugout. He's either been a player. I think maybe he was a maybe he was a like a, a an undercoach at some point. But I not since he's been manager.
1: Imagine a situation where Gabe <laughs> Kapler is the uh, Obi Wan of a dynamic. That's just <laughs> that's funny to me.
0: Or is he uh, the Qui Gon Jin?
1: A guy who ha- whose managerial experience is two situations where. It, Whoops! <laughs> <laughs> oh well. <laughs> First case, well, it's a team trying to experiment. And second case, well, I was hired by my friend. And uh, third case, well, now I have. To, it's my job to guide this first-time manager through waters I have not really been in myself. <laughs>
0: waters I drowned in twice. <laughs>
1: Well, it should make for a pretty wild off season in Philadelphia and the surrounding country. Uh, that'll do it for the this episode country. of Hit and Season. <laughs> Is that not how we view Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia, and the surrounding? Land masses that are apparently are populated by other people. Um, have you heard of this? I was sure. not aware of this. Um, but yes, that'll that'll do it for this episode of Hidden Season. Uh, in the months ahead, we will see just how the seeds will grow that were planted today. Uh, specifically with the Phillies, we will see how the Aaron Nola situation develops. We'll see who was right, Buster Olney or Bob Nightingale. We'll see how the Reese Hoskins situation develops. We will see how the Phillies themselves develop, and we will see. What awaits us on opening day 2024? All winter long, head on over to billypen.com slash hidden season for access to all of our latest episodes and for bonus content, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash hidden season. From WHYY and Billy Penn, I'm Justin Clue. I'm Liz Roescher. And this has been Hidden Season.